I'll begin this evening, as seems appropriate, with a quote from Abraham Lincoln, spoken to a clergyman in the summer of 1864, when the preacher asked the president whether he believed that God was on his and the Union's side, Lincoln responded, quote, I am not at all concerned about that, but it is my constant anxiety and prayer that I and this nation should be on the Lord's side. We'll come back to that. In the summer of 2013, when I had only been dean of this hallowed and holy place for a scant four months, I did two things that presented an unexpected confluence and led to some introspection and soul-searching. First, as June began that year, I picked up Joseph Ellis's fine biography of George Washington. For two weeks thereafter, that inscrutable marble figure in American history came to life for me as a real flesh-and-blood human being. And then in the latter half of June, I did something that George Washington never did. My family and I left this fair country to travel across the Atlantic and visit the ruins of the Roman Empire. We visited Ostia Antica, 45 minutes outside of Rome. Ostia was the Roman Empire's great port city. At its height, Ostia was home to 75,000 people. It was the lifeline of Rome, and its road, the Via Ostiensis, was for several hundred years the main artery between the eternal city and the outside world. During the height of the Roman Empire, nothing seemed uncertain to the Romans. By the time Ostia reached the height of its prominency, Rome was already 700 years old, thriving first as a republic and then as the world's imperial superpower. The Via Ostiensis, the way to Ostia, was not a road into an unknown wilderness, but a solid and sure path that had been and would be forever. The amphitheater, the capital, the splendidly preserved apartment blocks and temples of Ostia all declare that Rome is timeless, that its people and its laws and its traditions will never pass away. except that they did. That is the overwhelming, almost crippling sensation one gets when walking along the ancient road's paving stones, some of which are clearly indented by the grinding chariot wheels that traveled them for centuries. Ostia, once the center of the world's commerce and trading, is now a tourist attraction. The empire is long dead. What was believed to be eternal has passed away. As scripture assures us, all things do. Ostia stayed with me for the rest of our trip as we visited Florence, where once the Medici held the world hostage with its purse strings, 
and Venice, which was in the late Middle Ages, and in the Renaissance, the greatest republic since Rome. But not now. Whether touring the Boboli Gardens or the Doge's Palace, one again is overcome with the sense of Ostia, that all things are transient. All things of this world pass away. The way forward is always uncertain. Ironically, no American understood this more clearly than the first American. In his biography, Joseph Ellis points out that though we might look at the dynamics of the American Revolution and recognize Great Britain's exercise in futility in trying to subdue a continent, from George Washington's perspective, victory was never foreordained. He always had fewer men than his British counterpart. His supplies were always scarce, disease always threatened. Even his own abilities as a general were unsure. Washington was always cognizant that the way ahead was uncertain and risky. And so on the eve of the presidential inauguration, what kind of Americans are we? I don't mean liberal or conservative, and I certainly don't mean Democrat or Republican. I suppose I mean to ask, are we like the ancient Romans? Have we slipped into the illusion that the United States is permanent and sure? Or are we like the good General Washington who knew that the outcome was unknown, who knew that each struggle, each winter quarters could be America's undoing, who knew that the way ahead was always uncertain. Of course, the United States is not permanent. If we manage to keep the world intact long enough, then the day will come, a century from now, a thousand years from now, when someone will travel with his children to the ruins of our most storied cities and monuments and walk through them listening for the whispering of ghosts who were sure that these things would never pass away. But here's the kicker. Recognizing our transience, it's a victory for us, not a defeat. Because it offers us two measures of grace. The first is that, God willing, this recognition prevents complacency. The ideals that motivated George Washington, Abigail Adams, and their ilk these truths that we hold to be self-evident that all human beings are created equal and endowed by their creator with unalienable rights must be championed again anew every day. We must, like George Washington, remember each day that all hangs in the balance. The ideals 
which made us the hope of the downtrodden everywhere and the model for other nations. These ideals do not exist apart from us who have the courage to embody them. It is not foreordained that this greatest nation the world has known will endure. We have to labor to preserve it. And second, our transience reminds us of that which is permanent. There is a way that is sure. It's not the Via Ostiensis, nor the Via Americana, but the Via Christi, the way of Christ. And that way is not one of the religious right or the secular left, but the way of the God incarnate in Jesus, who is peace and love and grace for all people. In other words, like Abraham Lincoln, we must never ask God to be on our side. Rather, we must always seek to be on God's side, to be a blessing to all people, to follow God's path and vision for the world. That is what will ensure the vigor and promise of our national life, however long God deems to preserve it. We who claim to be Christian are followers of the way of Jesus, even before we are American. And because we're followers of Jesus, whose way is truly eternal, because we find our identity in Him, we can. In the words of Thomas Jefferson well over 200 years ago, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to embody as a nation the hope of all people. Amen.